And Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you, Lord, and we just ask that that would, that would be our hearts, is to show you, Jesus, to other people, to show your love, Lord. This is a, a lost world, God. Lord, just in our lives, Lord, that, that people would see and want what we have, Lord, and that we would uh, let our light shine to other people, Lord, and, and in your love for us, Lord, that uh, we, would, we would shine that to others, God. Um, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would follow me tonight, Lord, and follow all of us, God, and that uh, you would fill us and we would take it out this week and spread it to our families and to others, Lord. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You could sit down. I wasn't sure. Or you could say hi to Pete, everybody, too. I don't know how that goes. Please say hi to everybody. Hi. I was, I was just thinking, like, right before I came, how do I do that? I messed it up. I'm messing up already. If you don't know me, my name's Sean Yersioli. I'm um, Pastor Mike's son, Terry's daughter. Daughter, Terry's son. Um, yeah, I, we've, I've been here <clears throat> since the beginning, since we were over uh, at the Fly Church, we called it, over on Riverside. I remember that. I remember we, we started this, or we came to this building, and I was here for like one, sun, one Sunday, I think, and then I got shipped off to the Marine Corps, um, which was great. Um, but yeah, it's just, my heart's always been here. It's never left here. You know, even, even in, in the, um, the days that I wasn't walking like I should, backslidden state, you know, in the world, my heart's never left this place. And I, could, I, could, I know that because I know many of you have prayed for me. And I just want to say thank you so much. I love you guys. You know, you're, it's my family. Um, anyway. A um, little about me. I, I, I serve up at uh, Joshua Springs Calvary Chapel in Yucca Valley. Um, I was in a, a year-long program there. that um, it's, uh, it's called Calvary Bible Institute for young adults that are interested in getting into the ministry. And what's good about Calvary Bible Institute, it's, it's very servant-based. It's, it's like 12-hour days, um, and it causes you to, to seek out your, your own time to um, have your devotions and, and to and draw near to the Lord and get your strength from the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I've, I've been up there doing that, and I also serve there. Um, I teach the, the men's small group every Saturday morning, which is a fantastic thing, guys. And if you have the opportunity as men or women to go to small group, it's, it's like one of those things, it's, it, especially if it's a discussion-based. I don't know. I can't remember what my dad does, but um, it, as you go to those things, you've noticed like the Holy Spirit really moves in those. You know, and it, when I first got to Joshua Springs, I was broken. You know, I, 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 was, I, I just wanted to be loved by God. I wanted to be restored just to Jesus, you know, and and so I just wanted to hang out at church. You've heard this, this story many times over of people that come back to the Lord, you know, but I just wanted to be around God and his people. And the next logical step for me was to oh, start going to small group. And I'm like 20 years younger than everyone at the small group. It's kind of funny, you know, but now I'm leading it. And man, we, we're, just, we're just full of the Holy Spirit every single time we leave. And you know what I've noticed is God's answering our prayers, like, like really, you know, and I understand and I know that God answers prayers, but I've noticed in this public format, as, as we're getting together as, you know, as men, like they won't let me go to the women's small group, 
But as men, we, we get together and we, as we're going before the Lord and we're praying, he's answering these prayers. And I was talking to my dad about it. I was like, Dad, this is, the, this is the best thing ever. Like, God's like healing cancer. You know, like, you just, I mean, it's like you don't, unless you, unless you pray for it and it happens, you're just like kind of like, oh yeah, God heals. But until God heals, and once he does, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Man, that's crazy. And, 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 and uh, my dad was saying the same thing, that these, it's, been, it's been happening here, but it's been in a, when, you're, when, you, uh, when you ask for prayer in a, in a public, you know, I don't know, format, when you ask for prayer from other people. And guys, God wants us to pray. You know, when, when, when we pray and we line ourselves to his will, you know, things happen. And I, I wrote down, don't say you know a lot. So I'm going to try not to say that because that drives me nuts. But anyway, go to your small groups, I would encourage you. Get together. And that's what we're going to kind of get in today. If you, have your, if you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. A little bit about um, 1 Corinthians. Am I too loud or anything? Am I good? You can hear me? All right. A little bit about 1 Corinthians. The, the Greek culture was a very, a very sensual culture. They were, they, were, um, they were really into philosophy and the science that, for their time that they knew. And anything else that the Greeks couldn't explain logically or through philosophy, the Greeks would talk it up to the gods, in lowercase g, and goddesses, right? And so Corinth... Obviously, Paul started this church there, Apollos, and as he has this church there, it's obviously from the Lord Jesus. Jesus has his church there. And the world in Corinth, which I believe was a port city, ships would come in, so all manners of the world would come through. The world was starting to seep into the church in Corinth. But the thing is, God had, est- God had established the church in Corinth there, and his spirit was still moving. So Paul's writing to them to kind of straighten things out with, with Corinth. And, and here we see in chapter 2, he wants to address the spiritual man. And what, um, what we're going to look at tonight is, is the differences between the spiritual man and the natural man. And then next week, we'll look at the carnal Christian. Um, but the spiritual man, and, as, and, and the Greek culture, the interesting thing about Greeks is they, they would chalk things up to their philosophy and chalk things up to their science. It's kind of funny. It's almost, uh, I remember I was in school, I was in, uh, when I was in college, there was a professor, secular college, there was a professor, it was a humanities professor, and he was talking about the different cultures throughout history. You know, you have Egypt. They obviously, you could see what Egypt valued. They valued their pharaohs. They built gigantic pyramids around these dead pharaohs, right? You could see what, what, you know, you have the gardens of Babylon. You could see what they valued. You could see the Greeks, their culture, everything that the Greeks valued. You could see, like, what they left behind. He was, and, he was, and he was going into how the Greeks thought. And, it's, and he was saying it's almost like Christianity was a divine thing. You know, this being a secular professor. He's saying it's almost like Christianity was a divine thing because it wouldn't have worked any other point in history. Obviously, we know it would have worked. However God wanted to do it, it would have worked. But to him, he was saying it's almost like God, it was a God-ordained thing because you go to a Greek and you say, hey, you know, we got, we got this man who's God, and he comes down to earth, and not only does he come down to earth from heaven, which, you know, the Greek, if you ever studied Greek gods, they did that, right? They came down and mixed with the people. Not only did he come, he taught something. And guess what? He's taught if you want to be great, 
You have to be the servant of all. And you know what? He taught it and he lived it. You know, and he, he, he would speak and things would happen. He, he spit in the dirt, stuck into some guy's eye, and he was healed of his blindness when he washed it in, a, in the water. He, he healed the lame. Just with his words, everything this, this man Jesus spoke happened. He, he, he rose the dead with his voice. And what probably got the Greek at the time, he turned water into wine. You know, and, and not only did he teach, you know, I'm not saying it's philosophy, but not only did he teach like a philosophy, did he teach something that we know as absolute truth that's born again believers. He died for it. And he rose from the dead. So that was just right up the Greeks' alley. Like, okay, that's fantastic. You know, so and you can see how through the Greeks and the persecution of the um, Jewish Christians at the time, and as it went to the Gentiles, it spread. And so it, it's, it's in Corinth right now, and Paul's addressing that. So if we look at, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence or speech, or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you, know, if you know anything about Paul, he was a Pharisee. Paul says he was a Pharisee of Pharisees even. And everything that, that, that means. The Pharisees were a sect of the Jews that really kind of evolved out of, out of Israel being in captivity. And what they would do, what the Pharisees did, is they would take God's, take God's law and they said, you know what, God, we're going to put a border law around your law. So that if anyone tries to even break your law, they have, to, they have to break our law first, and that's not going to happen. Well, we look at, we look at what Jesus, when he, came, uh, when he came down to earth, who did he yell at? He yelled at the Pharisees. You, look at your traditions. Look what they've done to it. You, you know, you've, 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 taken, you've taken the whole point of law and made it completely worse and put man in bondage. But fa- Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He knew the law inside and out. He was a very educated man. He was a Roman citizen. He was a man that could be very persuasive. But when he came to Corinth, he didn't, he, he didn't come with you know, persuasive words, which again would have probably been right up a Greek's alley. You know, if, to sit there and, and logically argue and persuade. But what did he do? He came and he just, he preached the simple gospel. And so as we're looking at this, what, what a spiritual man is, Spiritual men and women, guys, we preach the gospel. Simply. Paul, Paul isn't rejecting the idea of being a persuasive speaker. He just knew in this instant, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that just preaching Christ crucified was what was going to, was going to have the most effect to, these, to the um, people of Corinth. Um, he, he could have been a persuasive speaker. If you look in Acts 26, he's talking to King Agrippa, He's being a very persuasive uh, speaker there. King Agrippa even says, you almost persuade me to, to become a Christian. And that's the thing. I, as spiritual individuals, we, we speak Jesus Christ crucified and, and, wrote, and you know, risen from the dead for our sins. And that's what he did here. He simply spoke the power of God. He isn't rejecting that idea of being persuasive. 
But he, he wanted God to show through, through what he was saying. Um, and so we, we, we have to know what we're saying as spiritual men and women. We, we go and we have our personal devotions, right? We go and we, we go before the Lord. We read the word of God. We go before the, word, uh, the Lord in prayer. And, and, and we, we study the word. But sometimes, some people, all someone needs to hear is that Jesus loves you. Look at the Calvary Chapel movement when it started. There was a bunch of hippies running around saying, Jesus loves you, bro. And that was right up their alley. I'm going to stop saying that. Right up their alley. I keep saying that. It's making me... But that was, that's, that's what they needed because they needed Jesus. They needed to know about Jesus' love because, you know, the scene up in Haight-Nashbury fell out with the drugs and the free sex and all that. That fell away. That was leading to death and destruction and, and, and complete emptiness, right? Then you come down and you got this, got this you know, overweight 40-year-old named Chuck Smith who, who feels convicted about taking an aspirin before he teaches, teaching to a bunch of hippies about God's love. And look what happened, a revival. And Chuck Smith's not an overcomplicated individual. If, you, if you've never listened to Pastor Chuck Smith, go listen to his message. He teaches the ba- simple, he's, even one of his famous sayings, simply teach the word of God simply. And so when I'm, when I'm directing this, and there's, there's many ways that we can be spiritual Christians. It's throughout the entire Bible. But I'm speaking to the common, simple person tonight. That I believe that, that God, God likes simple. And that God, God wants to speak to us in that, that, that we simply come to him, that we simply read, read, the, um, read the Bible and, and speak it to others. So Paul's addressing the, Corinth, the um, Corinthians not to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Spiritual people at their core simply speak the cross and that Jesus died for you and whatever. Because think about it. What if, what if you go and you, you convince somebody to be a Christian and, you, and you're just telling them all those, all those apologetic facts, which are good, but it's just coming from you. It's not coming from the power of God. It's not coming from Christ and Christ crucified. Then at very best, that person can call himself a Christian. But the Bible says you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus has to do a work. The Holy Spirit has to seal you. And if, if, if you get saved because, man, I just had a really good argument, or I just kind of talked you into it, all right, I'm going to start going to church. That's not it. Even Calvary Chapel, this corporate building, it's not it. It's, it's, it's what Christ does in you and through you. It says we, we are to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And what's the second greatest commandment? It's to love your neighbor. And you see, you see the picture of the cross in that, right? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then it's completed, love each other. And then Jesus takes it a step farther when he's, when he's in his last supper. And he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love people like I loved you. And by this you'll know you're my disciples. So, guys, it's, a, it's an inward change that comes from the power of, of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross. You know, and it's the Holy Spirit that, that seals you. Spiritual people know how to let the Spirit lead in this. And so you just, you just put it out there, you know. And maybe it's, maybe it's as you're talking to somebody, it's not, you know, we could think, okay, I've got to go talk to this person, I've got to go talk to this person, I've got to go talk to this person. 
What if it's just at work, and you've heard this a thousand times, I'm sure, but at work is you're just living a biblical life. They know you're born again. Every time you walk in those doors, you've got to be careful, Sean's here. You know, (laughs) I can't say this word, you know, or whatever. I just don't want to hear about Jesus one more time. You know, like, just being in the secular society, you're called to be a light into this world. And by that, when they're at their darkest moments and, and, and they don't know who else to turn to, who do you think the Holy Spirit's going to nudge to have them talk to? Hey, Sean, so, all right, I've got to ask you a couple questions, man, about this Christian thing. Yeah, what's up? And through your lives, through, as you live your lives as born against believers, simply going to work every day, even, that is mighty. That is powerful. That could lead to salvation in that person's life through you, through, through loving a person and, and just living the life that you ought to be living. Um. So yeah, we are, we are to be prepared. We get in the Bible and pray every day. And it makes me think of my parents. That what my parents have instilled into me. The reason, guys, I didn't go completely off the deep end and was totally lost when I was, you know, I'm, I still tell people, you know, technically, I'm an alcoholic. I don't drink. God forbid I ever drink. God actually took that away from me one day. And it kind of scared me because um, I, did, I didn't want to. I was trying to force it. And I didn't want to drink anymore. And I was just like, I was going to die because something must have broke inside of me. But no, it was, God, it was Jesus on his throne saying, I've had enough of that. And he took it away because of the faithful prayers of, of people at Calvary Chapel, Ontario, and the faithful prayers of my parents. And, and, and going even farther back than that, because my parents gave me devotions every, my sister's in the back, you can ask her, every single day, whether we wanted it or not. And if it wasn't my father giving me the devotion out of the Bible, it was my mother. And if it wasn't any of them, it was because we were at church. You can ask Sean. I mean, I think he's known me since I was knee-high to a duck. You know? The Word of God is hidden in your heart when you, when you put it into your children and your, and your family's heart every day. And if you're just a husband and a wife and that's it, you better be doing devotions together. And, a discuss, and having just a discussion-based devotion in the Word. Because I feel the Holy Spirit every time I, I have that. Even especially if you're just single and you're by yourself, you know. But as, as, as a couple, and if you have kids, you should be giving them devotions at, uh, every single day. Ask anybody with children. And that's what I'm saying is look at me and my parents. Why I came back is because your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Or in this case, my parents hid the word in my heart. But guys, I, in, in my very worst state, I could, I could, I could throw out Bible verses and, and, you know, and have drunken conversations with people about the Bible and the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and it was complete nonsense because of my life and the example I was living. But through the power of the Word of God and through Jesus, he, he had enough and he went out and saved me. And it was, it's, it's not complicated. It's just that Jesus loves you so much. And it's, it's, it's so simple, but at this, this simple spiritual thing that we are, believer that we are, is the power for eternal life. And maybe you're a, maybe you're a parent or a grandparent and you have prodigals. I'm here to encourage you that, that God's promises are, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't falter on his promises, and he promises you if you raise them, 
in the way they should go. In the end, they will not depart from it. And I want to encourage you in that. But in that, you keep praying for them every single day, like you prayed for me. Like my parents, I guarantee you prayed for me. My dad's probably bald because of me. Um, and I, I just want to talk about being a simple man too. A spiritual man, or spiritual, the spiritual person is a, simple, is a simple man. And maybe you're a man or you're a woman here, and you, know, you go to church, you, give your, you, know, you do devotions with your wives, you give your kids devotions, and then you go and you work nine to five or whatever you do, but you kind of think in the back of your mind, I don't know if I'm doing enough. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. You know, I, I, I go and I, I greet people with Frank in the front sometimes. You know, or I, I bring out donuts sometimes, or I do worse, you know, whatever. But I don't really feel like I'm doing enough. Look, listen, that's amazing. If you're, if you're going home every day and you're giving the word to your wife, or, or wife to your children, or husbands, um, or fathers to your children... I'm, I'm here to tell you, you're a rare commodity within, within our age. And God responds to men that lead their families. God responds to women that lead their families in the Word and brings them to church because you know not everybody's doing that. And it's not just in the action of, of doing that. It's, it's obviously the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's Jesus. But, but guys, be encouraged. Look at Jesus. Jesus knows exactly what that's like. Jesus, for 30-something years, would what? Work in his, in his stepfather's carpenter shop? You know, he'd, he'd go to synagogue. The Jews, from what we could tell, the Jews in that culture at that time, that until, the, until the male was of age, would stay at home with the women, and the father would go to the synagogue, learn the, learn the Old Testament, come back and teach his family. Until Jesus, you know, became of age, then he would go. And, and think about that too. Spiritual, spiritual men, spiritual women are humble. And maybe that's, maybe that's kind of eating at you. I, I think I could be doing more. But maybe this is where God has you, is, is, is being the leader of your family, over your children, over your grandchildren, over your, you know, not over your wife, I'm not getting into that, but you know, like, you know, husband and wife. Jesus, Jesus lived a simple life for 30 years. And, and keep in mind, Jesus is God. Jesus, on his throne, said, I'm going to go save these people. And he chose the lowest group of people, the Jews, and then the lowest of the lowest society of the Jews to be born in a barn. Not just to be born in a barn, but to subject himself to Joseph, who's a sinful man, who taught, who taught his own words back to him. And keep in mind, God, God is supreme. Whatever Jesus says goes. Whatever, you know, if God orders it, it happens. But isn't that the humility of our Lord? It's to, it's to humble himself to death, even to death on a cross. And go through that. And for 30 plus years, lived a normal life, just learn, you know, going to synagogue, you know, obviously, keep in mind, him being God, but still living a normal life, working every day. You know, and maybe you're struggling with that. And then what? He goes to get baptized. And what happens? Heaven responds to that. The Holy Spirit falls on him like a dove, and God's voice comes out of wherever comes out of the sky and says, This is my beloved Son, who, am I, who I am well pleased. And let me tell you, believer, that you're here right now and you're, you don't think you're doing enough. It's not by works. And God has you where you are right now. 
And heaven responds to that, and he looks at you and says, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter, whom I am well pleased as you lead your families in the way they should go. And that's what spiritual people do. And that's what Paul was doing here. He was going up and just simply speaking that. Matthew 3.17 is uh, when it talks about, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. I keep getting kind of way ahead of myself in the notes, so it's kind of like, I have to like catch up, sorry. Um, and it's funny too if you think you're not doing enough I, I put this down if you think you're not doing you want to get into full-time ministry obviously look at Jesus' example because what happens after he got baptized the very first thing the spirit leads him to do is to go fast for 40 days you think full-time ministry is easy look what Jesus did he went and he fasted for 40 days. And then at the end of that, when he was at his weakest point, the devil attacked him. You know, and I, I'm not trying to discourage you. If you think you're called to full-time ministry, you better obey God and go do it. But it's just, it's kind of interesting to think about, right? Like, you know, he goes and does that. And that's something that speaks of the devil himself too, is, is he doesn't, if he attacks when you're at your most vulnerable point, the devil will attack you if you're not doing anything. Just because you're, well, I'm not really doing anything. I'm not pressing forward. What, what enemy doesn't attack when, when his opposition is not pressing, when they're just sitting there? I can tell you, being in the Marine Corps, if our enemy's not doing anything, we will attack them. Why wouldn't the enemy? Be in the Word. Be leading your family. And that's what the devil did to the Lord at his weakest point, try to, try to get him. But God, he didn't, you know, he didn't fall for it. And you know what he, you know what he used? He used the word of God. So, so you know, if you're here, and again, if you're here and you're, you're, just, you're just not feeling that you're doing enough, you're not feeling super spiritual, you're not feeling that Holy Spirit rainbow power coming out of the sky filling you because you don't think you're, you're, you're doing enough, I tell you, God, heaven responds to the simple man that, and simple woman that leads his family. That's, spiritual, that's what spiritual people do. God values when you simply obey. Spiritual people obey the Spirit. Raise your family. Uh, verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Uh, we see that, that these, this, this wisdom is hidden from the rulers of this age. Um, um, and you see also that Paul speaks wisdom among those um, who are mature. As, as believers and as we're maturing... Again, let me alliterate or alliterate. Let me reemphasize the, the the importance of going to things like like small group, having small groups, doing devotions, because there is there is mature wisdom, there is deeper things that we can get into. You know, and, and we do that as believers. And Paul's saying that look, you know, it's, he has probably James, the the pastor of of Jerusalem at the time, uh, John, the the half brother of Jesus, Peter, he could talk to. 
well, you know, people that they can get into and, and hatch out, you know, different biblical um, whatever things that are deep, you know. Um, and he's, he's not saying that it's just complete, like, hey, Jesus loves you, you know. But he was, he was he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, was commanded to speak to the to Corinthians that way. Um, but also hidden, hidden wisdom within the gospel. Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross had always, what he was going to do on the cross had always been in the Old Testament. If you ever look and read through the Old Testament, always keep Jesus in mind. Look for Jesus in the Old Testament, you'll find him. Um, it's, it's a hidden wisdom. And, and, and as, as I was looking into uh, what it meant here, as far as them, that they wouldn't have crucified the Lord, could it have meant the, the rulers of this age, the physical governments, or could it have meant demonic powers? What, you know, if Satan knew what the cross meant, would he have ever let Jesus do that? I will obviously I think I don't think he would have. You know, the last thing the last thing Satan wants is for people to be in right standing relationship with God. Right? So it's 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 hidden things that we have as believers that God will give us as as believers in him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why that's what spiritual people are is we get these hidden things that reveal to us as we read, as we gather together. As you, as you learn, uh, as you do devotions for your families. Guys, at one point, Pastor Mike, back, way back in 1991, didn't know a whole lot. But he still opened his Bible and taught us. And I can't help but wonder if those are the things that he's teaching now sometimes, was things he learned way back then when he just taught his family. And so, the, so we, we, get the, we get these secret things, which aren't really secret, because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual people are in tune with the Spirit. Spiritual people get the simple gospel and preach the simple gospel back, but we can get those deeper things. I was just, just talking to Sean in the back, and I was saying, like, do you, ever, do you ever have God speak to you when you're doing your devotions? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like God shows up and teaches you the Bible? You know, and you're like, you know, it could be something you've read 900 times, but this time God says, hey, Sean, okay, look at this. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have that, you can. You know what you have to do? You have to read the Bible and pray every day. It's a, um, Pastor Gerald, my pastor up in Joshua Springs, he makes everyone repeat it like three times in a row until it bugs us. But um, read your Bible and pray every day. Read your Bible and pray every day. And it's just something that's it's just in our head. You know, and it's something you ought to be doing. And that's how God speaks to you. And he'll show you those hidden things. And it's so amazing when God teaches you. And let me encourage you in your own personal devotional, those should be special, protected, set-aside times in your lives, guys. And maybe you can, you know, I know the one-year Bible's a big thing and, and how much you can read and read the Bible in a year and those things are great. You should be striving to do that, I believe. But if you can't, guys, revival's been started just on reading a verse. God could take a verse. If you focused on one verse, if that's all you could do, God could, God could change the world with that. See what happens in your life if you just focus on one verse. Whatever it is, get into the Word and protect that. Because that's your time with God. It should, be, it should be more splendid than any other teacher. You know, Pastor Mike, Pastor Gerald, Pastor David Guzik, whoever. Your time with your God, with your Savior, Savior should, should be the most important. And then come to church still. Don't, don't say, I'm not coming to church now. Please don't say that because then my dad's going to get mad at me. But, but get into the Word and you'll see those secret things. Eye has not seen nor ear 
um, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Um, I think we can look at that and we think of heaven, right? right? You think of that when you, when, when you read that as, I have not seen, obviously heaven. And guys, obviously heaven when you read that. But also now. I has not seen now. You, you, have, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You are, you are, you are sealed. You are one of Jesus' um, children. I has not seen now um, what, what God has prepared for you. Guys, spiritual people are eternally minded. What, what, what is this life? I, was, I forgot I was talking to you. I was, I was saying, you know, this life is, I think Roberto was talking to you. This life is what? Let's say at the very, very, very most <clears throat> is 120 years long. 20 people say, well, I'm in my 50s now. I'm halfway there. Well, I believe that if I saw more 100 and something year olds walking around. You know, we have more life behind us than in front of us. And in that even, it's not too late to just, just rededicate your life to the Lord if you have it, if you need to, and, and start digging in his word. But keep in mind that I has not seen because we're eternally minded. Guys, the things we're learning right now in this Bible study is going to have an effect in like 800 years from now or whatever, wherever we're in the thousand-year reign of Christ. We're, we are immortal. Do we just have this stupid flesh body that dies? Do you realize that? Like, do you ever think about that? Like, like we're, yeah, we're going to be in heaven where the streets are made of gold and God sits on a diamond, you know, throne. That's fantastic. You know, we're, we're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ. So we're learning this stuff now because it's going to have an effect in eternity for what God has for you. And it starts with the simple gospel. And that's why sp- spiritual people are in tune to the simple gospel because it starts and ends at the cross and it continues on. Um, so yeah, I has not seen because when you do that and you go and you go to like Revelation and you like go to the, I'd like to cheat and I go to the end of Revelation and I read about the thousand year reign of Christ because that's just awesome. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm excited about that. But I has not seen, I can't imagine, but even now as I'm saying, as, I, as I'm in the men's small group and God is answering prayers and healing prostate cancer and healing terrible skin cancer, literally, that's something that happened. That's amazing. That, that blows me away. And it's all in that, the wisdom of God. It's in those secret, hidden wisdoms that we find as we read the Bible. Let me tell you a secret. If you want, how many of you want to gain more wisdom? You don't have to raise your hands with you. But, I mean, but seriously, how many of you want to gain more wisdom, right? Right. Here's, here's a surefire way straight from the Bible. You go to James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you, I'm really nervous because I gave him the verses, and now I'm not sure, now I'm like kind of nervous if they actually show up. Okay. I'm going to turn there just in case. I wrote it down. James chapter 1, verse 5. Let me get there. I'm not going to be asked back now. Okay. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Then it goes on, it says, let him ask in faith, right? Let's just read it. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Right? Not, not, it's not that God's going to say, oh, oh, Sean's asking for wisdom. Ah, no, not this time. 
No, God's like, okay, here's all the wisdom. Like, he, he's not, he's, he's going to do it. It says, in fact, right here, he's going to give you the wisdom. And I remember I was watching, I was watching, um, I was going to say dad. I was going to watch, I was watching my dad teach James. And he was saying, sometimes that wisdom is something you don't want to hear. Sometimes that wisdom is, is going to require you to go make yourself right with somebody. Or do something you don't want to do. And so we have to keep that in mind as we ask for wisdom. But we ask wisdom and God grants it. Now if you look, and I'm going to turn there because I'm very nervous that I got it wrong. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 35. Do you read a Proverbs a day? Like, you know how there's 31 chapters in Proverbs? That's just the best way to read Proverbs, I'm telling you. So Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35 says, For whoever finds me, me being wisdom, finds life and attains favor from the Lord. Now if you go, if you go home this week and you read chapter 8 of Proverbs, and it's talking about wisdom, right? Obviously. But man, who does those characteristics sound like? It sounds like Jesus. Jesus, I mean, like you read it and you can almost like, you just, you could see it. I'm just going to say, you could see Jesus in the scriptures and you should be looking for that in the Old Testament because he's there. He's right here. His characteristic is wisdom. Who do we have in our hearts as born again believers? We have that wisdom because we have Jesus in our hearts. And then going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, at verse 18, and this just kind of just sends it home. It says the whole wisdom, gaining wisdom right here. You find favor from God when you get wisdom. You find favor from God when you accept his son into your life and become born again, right? There's right there. You have the wisdom of God. I has not seen right now, guys. Verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since, um, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of, of the message, the simple gospel, preached to save those who believe. For Jew requests a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jew and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Guys, when you accepted Jesus in your heart, you were granted wisdom. Because you have, you have the, the king of heaven, the king of the armies of the host of heaven at your side. I think of the Garden of Eden when, when, he, when Peter you know, gets crazy and starts chopping servants' ears off. You, have the, you, know, you remember when he was like, I could call it was like 10,000 legions of angels down. And one angel, if you look back in the Old Testament, went, came down and killed like 150,000 Assyrians in one night. He could have called 10,000 of those. He could have wiped out the earth. I kind of wonder if, the, you know, Jesus, and if you don't know, Jesus is the king of those angels. I kind of wonder if those angels were just biting at the bit, ready to come in and just start slaughtering people. That's our king. That, that power, the power that spoke this universe into existence. Do you ever, like, I, like I'm not smart at all. And if I look up a black hole, I, you know, the, the science behind it, I'm completely lost and blown away because I just don't get it. God spoke that into existence. 
In the beginning was the Word. The Word is with God. The Word was, was, was God. He was in the beginning with God. Is about Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of creation. And he spoke those things into existence. He spoke. He said, Lazarus, come forth, and the dead rose. How much more when, when Jesus speaks love into your life? Who can, who, can, who can say, you know, who can say exist, and it exists just because he said it. His very breath created galaxies. How much more when Jesus speaks peace into your life? You simple spiritual man who's just, who's just trying, to, trying to raise your family in the way they ought to be going. That's the power. That's wisdom in you. Because who knows? How, what, you know, I think about the reward in heaven. And if, if you're trying to get just the biggest mansion, may you have five of the biggest mansions made out of gold and diamond then. But guys, I, I guarantee you a big part of the reward in heaven is when you look at someone else like your children and you see that they're in heaven. Because you spoke those simple words to them of Christ. And Christ crucified and rose from the dead. Are you with me on that? That's amazing to me. Like, that's, a, that's, that's, that's what we do. That's why we go and we tell other people about it. Because that's what wisdom is. And so, guys, if you lack wisdom, ask the Lord Jesus for wisdom. Because it's not that far of reach because he's right here in your heart. You have that wisdom available to you. I feel like my voice is going out. Okay. <clears throat> uh, John fourteen twelve. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Now, keep in mind, that's, Jesus isn't saying there in John that you're going to outdo do him. Like, if, can anybody raise the dead with their voice? Obviously not, right? But he's saying, but look at what happened. Look at Peter, right? When the Holy Spirit came upon him at Pentecost. And he opened his mouth and like, what was it, 4,000 people accepted him? That was, Jesus didn't do that in his ministry. Although he is because he's in us. He's the one that's leading us to do that. That's the wisdom in you. That's Jesus coming in you and, and saying, look, you're going to do these great things. I has not seen nor ears heard what I want to do with you tomorrow after this study. What I want to do when you go back to your jobs and you go back to your family and you speak and... and and, and they, someone becomes saved or, or just the words hit in their heart because, yeah, they're going to go through something, but they're going to come out, they're gonna come out, uh, come out of it even better. What time is it? Okay. Um, Acts seven fifty six. he said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. What is the very worst as you go out with Jesus in you, and you go out and you're talking to people, the simple gospel, the absolute worst thing that could happen to you is what? You die. Right? That's the absolute worst. I'm not, that's not a prophecy or anything. I'm not saying anyone's like going to die. But, but that's the absolute worst thing that's going to happen, right? But isn't that the absolute best thing that could happen to us? To be like absent from the body is present with the Lord, and then we're going to kick off a thousand years more on earth, and then everything that happens after that with God. I can't wait to walk into the throne room of heaven one day and have Jesus stand up, look at his father and say, that's Sean, that's who I was telling you about. Like God doesn't know or something. You know what I mean? So guys, we, and, 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 and if you look right at this passage in Acts, Stephen was getting martyred. Stephen was just a, he was a servant. He, he was like serving tables and stuff back then. And then he stood in front of the Sanhedrin and he, he blast, if you read it, he blasted them out. And they get, they get so mad that they, they, throw, they throw rocks at him. And you know who was encouraging the martyr the whole time? The guy who wrote this book, Paul. 
You know, but what happens, Stephen looks up and he sees the Lord and God says, I'm, Jesus says, I'm seated at the right hand of my father. But when he looks up and he sees Jesus, what does he see? He sees Jesus standing because he was ready to get his servant. Guys, that, that's amazing to me. And that's who we have in our hearts. And all these wonderful, mind-blowing things are wrapped up in the, sim- the simple, spiritual man and woman that you are. So, guys, if you're, if, again, if you're worried about Am I doing enough? If you're teaching, your, if you're giving devotions every day and you're teaching this stuff, heaven is, God the Father is ecstatic. Jesus is doing backflips over it. In fact, Jesus dances over you. It says in Zephaniah 3.17 that he dances over you. He sings about you. Go home and give devotions. If you haven't been, do it tomorrow. Do it tonight if you want. Or when you wake up in the morning, seek the Lord. Spiritual people are eternally minded. I went over that. Let's, start, let's go to verse 13, and we'll wrap up. These things we also speak not in word, which man wisdom teaches. Yeah, okay. But which man wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. It's saying here, the natural man. And as I was thinking about that, because I want you guys today to, to understand there's a difference between the spiritual man, which at its core is just simple. You don't go out and, if, you know, you don't go, you, we don't walk out the front door, I don't think any of you do, and you see demons. And then you shoot, like, Holy Spirit power at him or anything, right? No, we're, we're simple. We're, we have the simple love of Christ, which I promise the devil hates. And we show that. And so I want you to see the simplicity of, of being the simple spiritual man. Now we're going over to the natural man who does not get that. The natural man, just it doesn't make sense to be that loving. I mean, the natural—I'm I'm not, I'm not bashing men— you know, someone that's not born again, I'm not necessarily saying they're all terrible, evil people. There could be honorable men that aren't born again. I've met them in the Marine Corps. You know, but if, 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 they don't, if they're not born again, they're going to be the most honorable man in hell. And that's the simplicity of the gospel sometimes, is to go to that man who, who his whole life, has, he's worked his finger to the bone, providing for his family, he loves his wife, never cheated on her, but he's not born again. And you go and you say, you know, I don't know, maybe dad? Jesus loves you. I love you. And he wants to be in your life. And that's simplicity. And that's the difference between the natural man, which we're going into now, and the spiritual man. The, the natural man can't discern these things that we have through the Spirit. Because, you know, the Spirit's not in the natural man. And it's not that he doesn't want to or anything. But it's because he can't. He's not born again. And that's what Paul's addressing here. We have that. Um... We're made in God's image. Even the natural man is made in God's image. I remember, I, I think it was my dad, he was saying that, that we're, uh, because he taught, I don't know if you know, he taught at CBI, and he was saying, um, we are all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. Until you become born again, you are. So the natural man is made in the image of God, and it makes me think of Nebuchadnezzar before he got right with the Lord. I think Nebuchadnezzar is in heaven. If you don't agree with me, go read Daniel and you know, if you have a problem with something I say, please feel free to email me at my dad's email account. 
No. Um, I, I fully believe Nebuchadnezzar is in heaven because, I mean, he, first of all, he made the Bible. He wrote a chapter in the Bible, um, which doesn't get necessarily guarantee you're in heaven, but you, you could see the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. Anyway, King Nebuchadnezzar, made in the image of God, right? He's a man. He's a natural man. What happens? He goes out. He looks at Babylon. He says, look what I did. And as those words were in his mouth, God judged him for that, and he went insane. And you know what I think God did? I think God took the image of God out of Nebuchadnezzar. Think about it. What happens when, you take, when, you, when God takes the image of God away from you? You're no better than the animals. It says he, fe- he grew feathers, right? He, f- he was fed grass until he realized, until he humbled himself before the God of heaven and came back to him. But we're made in the image of God. I was listening to, if you know Pastor Lloyd Poley, from, he came down and taught at, C- at CBI, Calvary Bible Institute. He came down and he was teaching us. He's a New Jersey pastor. He was really a great ministry over there in Jersey. And he was saying, he thinks it was in God's, great mercy that he he shortened our lives from 900 years to you know 120 because he god knew what as being created in the image of god what we were capable of if we were allowed to sin that long it's god's mercy that he's doing it god's constantly trying to get man's attention it's through create god has no god man has no excuse for there being a god just based on creation itself look at uh romans chapter one Starting at verse uh, 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and, up, and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may, what, may, what may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his, invis- his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And then you go to the bottom, it says that man worships the crea- ends up worshiping the creation over the creator. That man, in just, just strictly as a tainted sinful man, natural man, is just, is just subjected to our natures, to our senses, to whatever we want. And... And that's the difference between the natural man. They can't understand this simplicity of salvation. I think about, I think sometimes, you know, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said there are going to be people that are going to come up to him and say, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do this in your name? And he's, what does he say? I never knew you. Depart from me. And you can think as a believer, well, if those people who are casting out demons in your name aren't getting into heaven, where I'm, I'm a terrible individual. I'm a really bad sinner, you know. I th- but the point is Jesus is making here is you're, 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 if you're born again, you're getting into heaven. Don't worry about it. Let me tell you guys that right now. If you're truly born again, you're good. What these guys are doing is they're not born again, but they're trying to get in by their works. Right? A natural man, natural man can't do anything to get to heaven. It has to be the simple spiritual man. And just in that too, on the flip side of that, is you can't out the cross. When Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was taking all the pain and suffering, I mean, he was, he was probably, he was unrecognizable. He had to have been. His, his whole body probably looked like hamburger. I'm not going to get too graphic. Um, and all that pain. But then what happens? Sin of every single person ever, it's funny we were talking about that, every single person ever was placed upon Jesus. Now, I know all the evil, terrible things I've done. And I know the shame because I, I lived it. 
the shame that I have, that, 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 that just that, that unforeseen pressure that presses on me, right? Because, you know, I'm sure you can relate the terrible things that you have done that you know in the darkest deep of your heart. Now, can you imagine if, if all, the, all that was placed on Jesus, I can't handle Shaney's sin, let alone mine. If I get one other person's sin, I'm not sure my brain would be able to accept that. I think my brain would break. Jesus took your shame. How much worse than any amount of pain you could have put on Christ was the shame of the, and the sins of the world placed on him. You can't out-sin the cross. Or you can't, out, you can't out-sin what Jesus did on the cross. So, and, so guys, it's about being spiritual. But it's about, it's about being simply spiritual. If you're born again, you're born again. And we do these things. We do these works not to get into heaven, but because we want to please our master, because of love, because he commands us to love. So get in your words every day. Um, Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are, light of, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus also says what? We're salt, right? We're salt of the, we're salt of the earth. If, salt, if salt loses its flavor, it's not good for anything but to be trampled underfoot. Guys, how does salt lose its, lose its flavor? When, when the element salt mixes with the other elements of the earth. So don't mix with the other elements of the earth. And that's what we're going to get into next week is the carnal Christian. Will the carnal Christian go to heaven? You have to come back and find out about that. But, um, guys, we're salt. We're lights. And maybe, maybe you're struggling. Maybe this message was for you. Maybe it's not. It's just kind of something cool to hear. You know, something for a future in case it does happen to you. Or I don't know. But I think it was meant for you. I talked to like three of you as soon as I came in here. And I was just right away confirmed that I know you needed to hear that. And just start, if anything, if you don't get anything else out of this except for some idiot up on the stage talking, get in, your, get in the Word. Get into it any way you can. If you have to read one verse, read one verse and meditate all week on that, reading it every single morning and praying. Pray that verse back to God and just see what He does. And, it start, and then teach your family that verse. Teach your, teach your wife that verse. Because years later... That verse hidden in their heart, the word, Jesus, hidden in their heart, he has them, and he's going to bring them back, I promise. Because it's, it it's not me. It's not me promising. It's the Bible. It's what Jesus says. You know the person I'm talking about in your own lives. Live that life, church. Lord Jesus, we just come before you, and we just ask that you would hide these words deep within our heart, Lord, this simple spiritual person that we want to be, Lord. You make us whatever you want us to be, Lord Jesus. We just ask right now, Lord, that you would fill us full of your Holy Spirit to go out until Sunday when we come back and to whoever that person is at work or that our, our sons or our daughters or our grandchildren, that we, would, that we would be lights to them. We would be flavored salt um, as we go out, Lord. And Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fall and you would grant everyone in here wisdom. Lord, as they already have you, Jesus, that you would, that you would uh, just light them on fire with your passion for the word of God. And Lord, I just, I just pray again for my mom and my dad as they're on, vac- on a little break, God, that you would bind them together in love. And Lord, that you would continue to um, do whatever you want with Calvary Chapel, Ontario, Lord. 
We love you and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that it? Good. Sorry. Will you guys stand for this last song? I'm sorry. Bless you guys. Have a good rest of your week.